Are you ready for the end of the world? Or the station. <laughs> yeah, this is Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. Circle of family, circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore Hey, wealthy. you weren't awakening up on that. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't quite, was I? Wake up. There you go. And be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is your community spirit coming at you on your community radio. This is your community spirit on your community radio station. Yes. We're doing this here for you. My name is Tree Song. Actually, I think we do it for us because we like doing this. Yeah. Um, I hate to say it, but if there was nobody listening, I'd probably just stay at home and talk to myself. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably just, I would still look up the environmental stories anyway, and then I'd wake up the next morning saying, oh, what about this story? Wasn't that crazy? It's it's kind of interesting. I used to always make a joke about um, Robin Williams and Jim Carrey, that they're both so crazy genius that if they weren't having the chance to do it in public forum they'd be locked up because you know <laughs> yeah. they'd still be doing that kind of stuff yeah so <laughs> yeah it's good to have forums like this where people can express themselves in that you way. can be crazy yeah. in the public and you so. can be appreciated it's like appreciated <laughs> hopefully well i think people do appreciate us we've been doing this for over 15 years so yeah all right yeah so show your support the number is 618 Three six nine one. Give us a call. Your support is what keeps us on the air. <clears throat> All right, so let's get into some of the news. This is one I like it whenever we can get local news. I mean, we it's important to talk about the national news too, but here's a local one. Anti fracking activists fractivists crash democratic breakfast. And this was on, like, mainstream news. Yeah, this was the mainstream news. I was in uh, Peoria, and it was on NPR in Peoria. Yeah. So. So this was pretty big news. It was covered a lot, which is good. Sometimes they don't talk about these things, you know? So the fractivists crash Democratic breakfast. Environmental activists hoping to curb hydraulic fracturing in Illinois crushed a breakfast held for Democratic Party organizers in Springfield on Wednesday. They want to stop natural gas extraction in the state before it starts. And one of their chants was drought, pollution, earthquake. Fracking is a big mistake. So there were 100 or so ralliers who chanted this outside of the Democratic breakfast, armed with signs and a larger-than-life puppet of Governor Pat Quinn. Now, I saw this puppet. I like the puppet because, I mean, at any political protest, it's fun to have these puppets to express the story of what you're trying to tell. But especially since they're trying to point out about Pat Quinn being a puppet of the oil industry, <laughs> that it was really appropriate. They're like, look, we have Pat Quinn puppet. Well, it was pretty interesting on the radio up north there. They were actually talking about the puppet at this. Yeah. But then they were talking about the puppet that the Democrats had at a fundraising dinner of the Republican person. And it's like, I forget the guy's name. Um Whatever his name, I think it starts with a B. Something for billionaires. Yeah. <laughs> and so that was his, the you know, the the character. Yeah, that was his caricature. So puppets having puppets. <laughs> it's all it's puppets all the way down. So the activists say Quinn and other lawmakers who who helped pass a law allowing hydraulic fracturing are puppets of the oil and gas industry. Natural gas extraction process, often called fracking, uses highly pressurized water and chemicals 
to draw fuel from oil shale deep underground. But reports of earthquakes and polluted water and air where drilling has taken place have opponents worried about the practice in Illinois. And there are also other social ills that go along with it, too. So Laura Chamberlain with Frack Free Illinois says fracking is too risky to try here. Quote, The reps and senators and the governor have not done their homework, she said. They don't understand the dangers of fracking that have been proven across the country. That'll teach him. She's the teacher. She come in there and said, You haven't done your homework. Do your homework. Yeah. Teach him. <laughs> yeah, now the education part is important, too, because this reminds me of... Uh, we, we should have put the Southern Illinoisan editorial in here, too. Did you see that? They had a, a second look at fracking because they previously had released a very pro-fracking editorial. And then they had a coffee and conversation event where the public spoke to them. And the public said a lot of things about fracking. And they put out a second editorial saying, we need to take a second look at fracking. We need to look at the details. Is it actually going to have any economic benefits? Maybe it will actually poison the water. Let's think this through before we poison all our water and don't get anything for it. Well, last year in the spring, I was working in Ohio, and they had a whole bunch of articles and things on the news because they have done fracking there. Yeah. And the articles in the news were talking about how much it's ended up costing them because they're having to um, essentially rebuild the roads and all the pollution and the, the issues involved in it that nobody thought about. Yeah. Um, and that the, and the, the biggest thing that was in there that there was no new jobs because the, the companies were just bringing all their own workers from somewhere else. Yeah. And so nobody locally was getting any jobs at all. So. Yeah. In other news nationwide, fracking operations get even closer to drinking water sources than we thought. Fracking companies have tried their best to quell the public fears about the practice, but, um, They're not doing a very good job at it. A new study shows that oil and gas companies are fracking at a much shallower depth than previously thought, sometimes even through potentially underground sources of drinking water. To be clear, the study, which looked at the fracking operations at two geological formations in Wyoming, did not find current drinking water sources to be contaminated. But Stanford researchers Dominic And Robert did discover that even as oil and gas companies usually report that fracking takes place thousands of feet below aquifers, some fracking chemicals actually get scarily close to aquifers that have been categorized as safe for human consumption. Even if no one is drinking out of the aquifers today, that doesn't mean we won't want or need to use them in the future. Unless, of course, they become so full of chemicals that are known carcinogen and neurotoxins, that is. Well, the thing is, is do they know they're carcinogen or neurotoxins? Because it's a secret. Yeah, it's secret. Remember that? (laughs) We know they're chemicals, and chemicals normally have side effects. Yeah. (laughs) But the companies are keeping these, you know, potent mixes of chemicals a secret. Yeah. It's a trade secret. It's a trade secret. So who knows what sort of carcinogens you know, or neurotoxins. And the reason it's a trade secret is because they don't want another company to steal it, right? Yeah. <laughs> or they don't want to get busted for, you know, pumping chemicals into the ground. Yeah. So, from the LA Times, they plotted the depths of the fracked wells as well as domestic drinking water wells in the pavilion area. They found that companies use acid stimulation and hydraulic fracturing at depths of the deepest water wells near the gas field at 700 to 750 feet. 
fall, far shallower than fracking was previously thought to occur in the area. Quote, It's true that fracking often occurs miles below the surface, said Jackson, professor of environment and energy at Stanford. People don't realize, though, that it's sometimes happening less than a 1,000 feet underground in sources of drinking water, end quote. Now, on top of that, the study reports that some of the geological formations in which fracking occurs are not sealed off as gas and oil companies would like us to believe, meaning that fracking chemicals are more likely to seep out. Just one more thing to add to the list of why we love fracking. (laughs) Just like... yeah. Just like pump chemicals into the ground and expect those chemicals to not... Not leak. (laughs) Yeah, cause issues. Yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of when they were talking about dumping radioactive wastes, and they were trying to think of a symbol that would show people 10,000 years from now, like, that this is a dangerous substance. Like, it's similar, like, if we pollute these water sources that we're not using now, what if someone 100 years from now uses it and then they they suddenly get a neurotoxin and they don't know why? It's better to not, I mean, it's a crazy thought, but it's a precautionary principle. Let's not fill our water with neurotoxins. (laughs) Yeah, it can't be causing all these cancers and stuff. There's just no way that all this pollution we're putting out is causing the increase. Yeah, surely just a coincidence. All right, well, here's some news. Uh, We talk a lot about the climate on this show. Here's some climate-related news. Well, it affects us, so, I mean... We try to talk about things that affect us. Yeah, we talk about what's going on in the world that could affect your life. The climate effects that affect us. Yes. <laughs> Is that two different words, right? I managed yeah, to... Yeah, effect, effect, affect. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I'm being smart there. Yeah, you were using them correctly. So 350.org launches a global call to action around September's UN Climate Summit. A global call to action. Yes, it's gone global. There's a climate summit yes. put on by the UN? Yes, it is, and it's coming up in September. So on Thursday, 350.org and its allies launched the People's Climate Mobilization. It's a web platform that goes along with uh, p- part of the global call to action to coincide with the People's Climate March, which is taking place in New York City this September, just before United Nations Climate Summit. The march in New York will take place on the 21st of September. Isn't that like a key day in the year? Yeah. Beginning of fall. Yeah, it's right at the beginning of fall. I wonder if that's why the UN picked it. It was just random. <laughs> so that there, we were actually talked about this march earlier. There's the march in New York on the 21st of September. The news here is that there is also a global mobilization that will span the full weekend of September 20th to 21st. The New York march aims to bring hundreds of thousands of people to the streets of New York City to call on world leaders to commit bold climate action as they arrive to attend a historic climate summit hosted by U.N. Secretary General Ban Ki-moon. Summit's one of the last chances for world leaders to come together and spark international progress before it becomes too late to avoid catastrophic climate impacts. Now, I mean, it's it's never too late to do something, but there are certain things happening right now that if we don't act on it, like, within the next couple years, you know... Don't you mean 10 years ago? (laughs) Yeah. Really, it's just... It keeps getting worse and worse. Like... You're talking there's, about the politicians' ambitions, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, there's as we can always take action. It's just a matter of how bad the consequences are going to be. Yeah, do we wait until, you know, the gun's to our head, or do we make sure that the criminal doesn't get the gun? Yeah. <laughs> hey, that was a pretty good. It just came out of my mouth. Yeah. So here's a quote from Bill McKibben. People from across the planet will be making sure that leaders gathered in New York know the demand for action comes from every corner. 
said Bill McKibben, co-founder of 350.org, a global climate campaign on climate change. This is the first truly global problem, and it has spawned the first truly global movement. So the theme is action, not words. Because there are a lot of politicians, some of them in the White House, (laughs) who say a lot of really nice words about climate, like, oh, we care about the climates. We should do something. Yeah, we like to cuddle with it, but, you know, we <laughs> yeah. don't want to actually marry it. I yeah, mean. and then they go after all this oil and fossil fuels, all the stuff that needs to stay in the ground if we're going to have a habitable planet. So action, not words. And so there's a web platform that has just been released. Let's see. Where is it at? Go ahead. Yeah. Okay, so they will be gathering, and they will be gathering around the world in order to boost this. There will be several large marches, rallies, and events already planned in Delhi, Jakarta, London, Rio de Janeiro, Berlin, and Paris, just to name a few. You know, we could even have one here in southern Illinois. We could have one in Carbondale. Whatever town you live in, you can organize one. Yeah, I just went to the website, which is peoplesclimate.org, and it's showing the global weekend of action, and there's nothing in the middle of the country. There's, like, showing seven on the west coast and three on the east coast. Yeah. But nothing in the middle. So we could be the middle. Yeah. We could we be the represent. goodness. <laughs> yeah, so peoplesclimate.org. You can check that out and and see where there's actions near us. There aren't any near us right now. But if you're interested, they've got a place to sign up. And I like that because I've been writing about this in my fiction a little bit, too. It's... It's good when we can to get these large mobilizations in one spot. It, but then we need it makes people feel empowered, and it sends a message that people do care. Yeah. But then know. it helps, too, to support that with people in the other cities who couldn't make it. Because if you look at New York and there's 50,000 people, you might say, oh, that's cool, 50,000 people. But then there's also, you know, 50,000 in London and 50,000 in Jakarta. And if you put it all together, it's millions and millions of people marching for the climate. And that is going to happen on September 21st. It has happened in the past, so, yes. I mean, it, it shouldn't be that hard to do it again. Yeah. Except now, you know, instead of going to Washington and do it here in the U.S., you're going to the U.N. at the beginning of the U.N. Climate Summit. So, yeah. um, this, mo- this summit will mark the beginning of a busy 18 months of critical, crucial international negotiations. Uh, climate negotiators will held to would head to Lima, Peru in December to make progress towards a global climate deal. And then in September of next year, world leaders will meet back in New York to adopt the Sustainable Development Goals, the global post-2015. And then three months later, the world will gather in Paris to try and sign a new international climate treaty. Yeah. So the next you know, year and a half is critical. Yeah, it's critical, and every step along the way is an opportunity to express our views about the climate to these these alleged world leaders. <laughs> you were going to say a bad word, I think. You said these, and you paused, and I was I, in my mind, I was saying bad words at least, but then you said alleged yeah. world leaders. Well, I was thinking, I was about to call them world leaders, but then I paused, and I'm like, we'll find out if they're world in, leaders. In, in my mind, when you said that, I was there was a stream of cuss words because yeah. you paused Bleep, there. Bloop, bloop. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, we'll In other out. news, no solar, please. We're Florida. <laughs> so far, this has been a precedent-setting year for how much solar power is going to play out in this country. 
The technological breakthroughs in storage and affordability became a few years ago, but this year is all about figuring out how to fit this new technology into the hairball of regulations that surround American utilities. This has been a big issue. A lot of utilities are fighting back really hard. Yeah. It's been, the ones I've been following have been in Ohio and Arizona where they pushed back really hard. Um, Examples have ranged from the laid-back and sensible, the state of Washington developed streamlined state rules for solar, to the litigious, uh, long-standing court battle in Ohio was resolved in favor of solar power, possibly setting a precedent for the rest of the Midwest. But it's all not victory in solar land. Solar land. Solar land. <laughs> Just like I guess that's the opposite of gas land, you know, solar <laughs> land. <laughs> This Saturday, the Los Angeles Times told the state of the potentially sun-baked gold mine where solar companies fear to tread the south, specifically sunny Florida, writes the Times. The business models that have made up solar systems financially viable for millions of homeowners in California and elsewhere around the country are largely illegal in Florida, Virginia, South Carolina, and some other southern states. Companies that pair pioneered the industry do not even attempt to do business there quote we get all kinds of inquiries every day from the south said will craven spokesperson for solar city people there want to be our customers mm-hmm. florida in particular known as the sleeping giant of his industry you know it, quote it has a lot of sunshine yeah. a lot of rooftops now there are many ways that solar is blocked in the south some states ban or restrict leasing arrangements or power purchase agreements. That's basically like I own the solar system, I install it on your house, and then I sell you the electricity. Yeah. But I own the solar system. Mm-hmm. You know, basically I'm leasing it to you. Um, this is very popular for people who don't have the, you know, thousands of dollars laying around. South Carolina Energy and Gas blocked a PPA that would have installed 80 solar panels on local churches and schools. Other states add taxes or fees for the use of solar energy. Yeah. Why so many rules? Well, the prevalence of coal is one theory. While it's not as coal infatuated as Texas, the South does burn a lot of the stuff. And Texas is another state where solar is struggling with a lot of pushback from utilities. But rules have been cropping up all over the United States. They're just more poignant when they happen in sunny climates. Yeah. You know? That South Carolina one, it's like there were 80 solar panels that were going to go on local schools and churches, and they blocked it. <laughs> they didn't want those school kids and those churches to Well, I mean, it's, again, solar. that PPA. What it is, what what can happen with a church or a school yeah. is a company who has a tax liability you know, instead of installing the solar on their own business, they install it on, you know, as a donation to a solar school. Yeah. But they own it, so they get to take the tax right off because schools and churches don't have taxes. Yeah. So, like, a business can install it there. They own it. They're selling the electricity to the church or school, so they're making some money off of it. But the main reason they're doing it is for the tax write-off. Yeah. And so it helps everybody. Mm. Yeah, everybody benefits. And that's why the energy companies want to stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Just like... (laughs) Yeah, it's ironic, too, because uh, there are a lot of places in the South that are very vulnerable to the effects of climate change. You know, like Texas is going to have more droughts and wildfires and such. Well, not just that, but vulnerable to economic issues. I mean, it's... I don't know the poorest of the poor, but, 
you know, the people who are more vulnerable definitely is what you think of of the South. Yeah, and they're going to be affected by this. And Miami's going to go underwater. <laughs> we all know about that one. So yeah, I read a blog about from the future that says yeah, that. I read that too. It's goodbye Miami. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so hopefully people will take action on it. Anyway, we'll do what. One more quick one. I'll just pretty much do the headline for this one. Coffee tastes like dirt? That's because it might be. By, by 2080, according to some estimates, nearly 70% of the world's coffee supply could run out, thanks in part to high temperatures, increasing droughts, and the spread of fungal diseases. Now the rich Starbucks drinking, swilling, <laughs> whatever people are going to get serious about climate Yeah, change. they'll get serious. They'll be like, what, what? No more coffee? And as coffee becomes scarcer, they're cutting it with other things. Like they throw in like... It could even be what? Sa- sawdust they put in it's there. It's not even pure? It's huh? not pure anymore. <laughs> you want to get the Folgers, pure Folgers, <laughs> the smell of burnt sawdust in the morning. Yes. <laughs> so if you want to be drinking sawdust juice, then we can keep going. With sawdust juice? <laughs> we should do... <laughs> yeah. And in actual dirt, in some cases, it may be, you know, because the coffee becomes more expensive, but they want to sell the same amount, so they put additives. You know, and it may be food additives, but they will label it as coffee, so... It can also be bad for people with allergies. If you're allergic to, you know, wheat, for example, and they threw in some wheat there to fill it out, that's a problem. Ah, the problems of climate change. And remember, folks, if you're not a coffee drinker, a lot of this applies to chocolate, too. Climate change is coming for your chocolate. (laughs) Now I'm really worried. Yeah. (laughs) It's like... All right, but let's relax a little bit, because today's holiday is relaxation day. Really? Yes. I'm all, like, intense here. (laughs) Yeah. I'm feeling intense today, too, but I I guess at some point I'll relax and celebrate relaxation. Oh, I'm like, I need to find someone to, like, massage my hands. I was, like, the last three days up in Peoria bending all these big wires, oh, and, like, yeah. my hands are all, like, punctured with little holes and actually all swollen. I need, like, a massage. I'm like, oh, man. Yeah, that's okay. good for relaxation day. And we're celebrating this one early. It's National Tell-A-Joke Day on Saturday. Sunday is National Thrift Shop Day. Well, that's funny. They're all closed here. <laughs> yeah. Aren't they? <laughs> they are. I think they are. Yeah. <laughs> I would start singing the thrift shop song, but I don't want to accidentally sing too far. There's a thrift... <laughs> no, do it. There's a thrift shop song? Yeah. It, yeah, it's a... I'm going to pop some tags. Only got $20 in my pocket. I'm not going <laughs> to... I've never heard that before. Yeah. Look it up online. Uh, it's a uh, thrift shop. <laughs> Uh, it's got some profanities in it, so I won't sing the rest of it. But <laughs> Here we go. Monday is bad poetry day. And there's actually a transporter coming up on Monday. Tuesday is aviation day. Wednesday is national radio day. What a good day. I mean, you can celebrate national radio day early by keeping this radio hey, station need alive. To, we need to tell the manager that. National radio day. Yeah, we could tell yeah. our manager and our listeners that. Wednesday is national radio day. So can, and people know it's the pledge drive, right? Yeah. It's a pledge drive. You can celebrate National Radio Day early by calling us at 618-457-3691. And we have two people there, one sitting, one standing, (laughs) by ready to answer the phone. They're both eager to leap into action and And, catch that phone. And actually, if you call us in a couple minutes here, you can talk to us and tell us what you uh, think of the show in real live talking to us form. Yeah, two-way, two-way communication. <laughs> this, we're usually just shouting at you over the radio. But if you give us a call, 618-457-3691. Please is- keep us and the station, or at least the station, you know. Yeah. 
we're not if, as important as the station. Yeah, even if you hear this and you're like, oh, we, we don't like those guys. What are they talking about? Call us anyway and give $20 and tell them, tell them you, your complaints about us and then donate to the station. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Just like, like, you can go ahead and be like, I love all the other shows. We don't like this one. We're just going to give you money anyway to support the other shows. That makes more sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whichever show is your favorite, it doesn't matter to us because we're all here as a team to keep the radio station on the air. 618-457-3691. All right. Speaking of community, let's talk about some community happenings. The Pledge Drive is one of them. That's the one we just talked about. It's the most important one here at WDBX right now because unless we hit that $20,000, we will go off the air. Well, I mean, I heard that we're already about halfway there because we have someone who's pledged to, like, match funds. Yeah. We do so. have matching funds, which is a big help. And I yeah. think we're still in the period where we're using the matching funds. So if you call now, it will be double the power, you know. It's like double the power. Yeah, double the power. <laughs> double the energy. Your community in action. Double your pleasure. Double your fun. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I'm going into radio jingles here. All right, happenings in the local community. Oh, these are a little bit out of order. <laughs> I'll do them in chronological order. Carbondale Community Farmer's Market. That's coming up tomorrow at 9 a.m. to noon at the Carbondale Community High School. I think it's actually 8 now. That was winter hours. Oh, okay. They're open at 8. Wow. They're up earlier than I am. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, the farmers are up at daylight, so. Yeah. It's like... In the summer, daylight is a little earlier than winter, so. That's true. Yeah, so it's, I think in the winter it was a little harder for them to get out there. Yeah, you know, so. but in the summer, they're probably getting there at 6 a.m. looking at their watches. Where are all the customers? Yeah, just like, and so. there's a lot of, I mean, this summer has been phenomenal. Yeah. It's like, so, good weather. Yeah, it's strange good weather. weather. It's, it's very strange weather, but very pleasant. Strange and pleasant, a lot like life. So also coming up, we have the Faith and Environment. That is coming up on next week on Thursday, August 21st at 7 p.m. at Guy House Interfaith Center. Faith and Environment is an ongoing series of conversations held on the third Thursday of each month. Each session features an exploration of a different aspect of the relationship between faith and the environment. People of all beliefs are welcome. For more information, contact Scott Martin at SoilCON at mchsi.com. It's a pretty fun opportunity there to talk about the relationship between our beliefs and what we do for the environment, and also keeping in mind that what we do for the environment affects what we do for ourselves and our fellow people. Well, it doesn't seem like we have much stuff this week. Most of these happenings are next weekend. Yeah. I'm looking at it. People didn't do a good job of sending us happenings. (laughs) Yeah. I I know there's happenings. I know there must be. All the ones we have are for next weekends. Or or people just took the week off because school started and they're just like, oh my, man, it's going to be a hard week. Yeah. I didn't get around to it. I was going to play school-related song, a song at the beginning, like school days, school days, <laughs> because the students are back. So welcome back to SIU students and to new SIU students. You may be driving around right now. You're probably stuck around the towers somewhere trying to get into your new dorm and you turn on random radio stations. Welcome to Carbondale. I think my favorite joke is about U-Haul. It's, here, you've only driven like a little teeny car your whole life, but you need a move? Here, take this giant-ass truck. <laughs> Just like, yes. be careful, everybody, as Very you're going safe. around town. Yeah, 
We um, actually saw someone make a illegal. They were supposed to turn in the turn lane and they went straight, and it was almost an accident. Yeah. It was about an inch short of an accident. Yeah. So be mindful of the rules of the road. And be mindful that it's extremely beautiful weather and time to go out and enjoy nature. Yes. Most people come here to take advantage of the shiny national forest, but a lot of us who live here don't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. When's the time? When's the last time you went out into the woods? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Just yeah. like. Oh yeah, that's true. We yeah. went to the DBX. <laughs> WDBX staff gathering. A lot of people did go out. <laughs> Just like. Yeah, and I might be going out today. Wish me luck in actually making it out into the Shawnee. Yeah, and you can rent a kayak or canoe out there and easily and enjoy the lakes and stuff, too. You can get a guide, a nature guide. to. All right, I got distracted. Back (laughs) to the happenings. Yeah. I had to plug in my thing to, like, get charged up. We can still get through a couple of these. We've got coming up, uh, not this Saturday, but next Saturday, the Illinois Renewable Energy and Sustainable Lifestyle Fair. It's coming up on Saturday, August 23rd, and Sunday, August 24th. I suppose if people, like, uh, contact me, I could probably squeeze one or two people in my car. Now, see, look you at know. that, the power of community radio. Yeah. <laughs> um, contact or you may be able to get a ride. To well over 100 workshops mm-hmm. in everything renewable. Yeah. Not just renewable, everything sustainable, because they have, you know, gardening and bees and... um I'm excited because the mayor of, um, what was the Kansas Greenberg? The mayor of Greenberg, they, that was the, the city in Kansas that got hit by a tornado and wiped out 95% of the city. Oh, yeah. And they're rebuilding the city completely sustainable and with, you know, th- th- that's what their goal is. Yeah, that's And really so cool. I really want to find out from the mayor how well they're reaching that goal. Yeah, that is Because I've been goal. following it a lot, you know. It's an area that's not typically, you know, considered sustainable, but they're working really hard to build a lot of lead platinum and, you know, lead buildings, which is leadership in energy and environmental design. So, yeah, I guess sometimes disaster becomes opportunity. So, yeah, that and more. There's it's next Saturday and next Sunday and tickets are just can this be right? Five dollars a day or seven dollars for both days? Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> educational. Yeah, I mean it's cheaper than a movie. <laughs> yeah, there's music, there's music, and you know, food, and um, but the main thing is the over hundred workshops. Yeah, I mean, what it is is they get people like me who are in the industry to teach a workshop for free. Yeah, normally, like I mean, if I teach a class at a college or do a public speaking, I charge money. Yeah, but this this is a great organization and. It's run by two uh, ex-school teachers, retired school teachers. Yeah. And so it's one of the few um, events in the nation that's solely for educational purposes. Yeah. I mean, there's, there is vendors who advertise their companies also, but there's more workshops than there are vendors. Yeah, and, that, and that's something, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, for more information on that, you can visit IllinoisRenew.org. And you could tell they're not professional just by their website. <laughs> just yeah, like. they, they, they've got a pretty old school website, but all the info's on there. It doesn't matter. <laughs> all right, well, looks like it's that time. It's time for us to head out, head well, out into the beautiful Shawnee. Well, yeah, but you could give us a call and pledge to help uh, your community spirit and your community station stay alive. Yes. Right? It's like, um, give us a call. 
four five seven three six nine one. Yes. And I was I was gonna come up with like some prizes for people who pledge to our show because you know the only way to get people to pledge to our show is pay them off, right? Is that the truth? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Let's see if people will call in without us providing some kind of prize. Yeah, you can call us to show how much you actually support the show itself. If you call now, we'll know it's really because you like the show and the station. I mean, no matter what, I've got a bunch of Renewable Energy is Homeland Security bumper stickers that I can give to people. Yeah. But otherwise, I need to dig out from my, you know, my shop, my warehouse, all the little toys and trinkets and stuff that I've got sitting around. Yeah. You know, because I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, if it's not being used... (laughs) Yeah. Let's give it to somebody who has a, you know, a sign of appreciation. Yes, and that somebody could be you. Please give us a call, 618-457-3691. Give us a call now and become a part of your community radio station and your community spirit. All right. We'll see you again on the radio next week.